This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, it's Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And Dal Roots is here. No, no intro. He ran out. Nah, we're doing so many this week. I, oh, knew, I knew I'd botch it at some point, so I'm just going to keep it simple. But we're I just going to play were, ABC. I thought you were a pop punk encyclopedia, mate. You're more. We're of just going to we're just going to gonna, just going to play Eyes Up podcasting all week, mate. Okay, so, fair with um, that. Yeah, that's, so that that's is more than okay. And which is which is a great way to uh, segue into uh, the first announcement of the show, and that is that we will be doing daily shows for you for grand final week. So don't say we never do anything nice for you. Some might argue that they're just you know our regular episodes cut into pieces. And those people might be right, but we prefer to look at it as giving you more content for the most important week of the rugby league season. In Are you pieces. trying to say that we're cutting these these podcasts into pieces and releasing them one at a time as our last resort? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now who's He's doing the line? Back. That was great. Well done, Dale. You've got to do one Dale. of those every day now. Dale's, these Dale's are the pressures on you now, mate. <laughs> You've got to make one of those jokes. You've got to find a way to make a joke like that about a late 90s alt rock band in every show this week. Uh, so it's, a shame, it's a shame we're not doing the, the Panthers uh, recap this week, the, tonight because it could be uh, Papa Coach. That, Papa oh. Coach, oh God. Let's bank that one for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we'll just, I'll cut that out in post. Okay. Thank you. Make sure we laugh again second time. Puffer coach. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, there yeah, was no puffer coach. On fr- what? Daily pods. Well, they, yeah, they're getting pod every day. We'll tell them what they're getting to. They're getting yes. recaps, uh, so we'll questions. Be recap. We, I'm trying to do that, but you keep talking. Good. That's what, that's, that's what we do. We're white <laughs> men on a podcast. We don't take just turns. Yell at each other. each other until one of us stops. Okay. Oh, we're gonna we we're having a woman on on Wednesday. We can just talk over her the whole time. It'll be great. That's all I plan on doing. Exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, we will be having um. We will be doing a recap of Friday's game today, Saturday's game tomorrow. We'll mixing question time somewhere probably Wednesday, and then we'll be doing a season recap on both grand final teams on Thursday and Friday with a fan, uh, with a Patreon subscriber from each from each from each fan base. Um. And then on Saturday we will be doing our preview of the big game. And um, if we are watching it together on Sunday, maybe there'll be a 15 minute bonus pod for Patreons on Sunday night. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. I don't make the rules. Well, there might yeah, be maybe. a suicide pact of some sort if the result <laughs> yeah. goes one way. You know, like yeah. we'll drink from the same cup and yep. like, <laughs> yeah. pass it around. Get the kids um, involved. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the plan for the week. We'll be coming at you with a daily release each day. Um, yeah. So, you know, if um, yeah, ho- hope, hopefully, you know, it's going to be a lot of extra extra effort for us this week, but we think you guys are worth it. We do. We really do. Um, but I, I think just like hearing myself talk, that's all. Huh? <laughs> I just like hearing myself talk. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, yeah, but I speak, but you know, I tell you who didn't put any effort in, and that was the Canberra Raiders backline defensively on Friday night as the Melbourne Storm ran out. 30 to 10 winners. Uh, the game was essentially over after the first 15 minutes, Mitchell. I'm so angry at this game. The Raiders, I demand an apology. That's what I'm like. I'm angry. I like. I love the Raiders fans. We all do. They've been on this podcast plenty of time this year. We've been like half a Raiders podcast. I'm angry at them as well. I'm angry at everyone being okay with them being playing like this in a prelim. It's not good enough. They're not the new kids on the block. It's not their first dance in the prelim. They've been three, as we all know, three of the last five years have been in the prelims. They turn up like this, and it is not good enough. That is, that is an experienced side, and the game was over in nine minutes at a prelim. And 
oh, you know, there's this a bit of pride and they didn't let the Storm blow the doors off. Oh, if, the, if Storm wanted to, they could have won that game by 50-plus. Yeah, they, they sucked. The just, Storm, like, yeah. just like straight out. The Raiders, as you were saying, like straight off the like first play of the game or first set of the game, you're just like, mm, this isn't going to go well. And then the Storm scored in like, what, the second or third minute to open the game? Yeah. Yep. And you're just like, yeah, as you said, like they were 18 nil up inside 15 minutes and you're just like yeah um what's happening in i don't know murder she wrote yeah i think sometimes sometimes we forget and and they don't do this all the time but sometimes the storm just decide we're not we're not fucking around today we're just gonna turn up and just run riot and there's nothing you can do about it and this is one of those games and i think Penrith will be delighted that this grand final is not being played at suncorp like the afl grand final is being played in brisbane because if it were i'd be making the Storm close to unbackable favourites because they were absolutely scintillating. Um, Mitchell, maybe, I mean, and hopefully we'll get a few new listeners this week, but like we talk about this a lot, the Suncorp advantage the Storm have. Could you perhaps quickly expand on on, on why it is that they're so good up there? Uh, I I don't know if there's a a thing you put your finger on exactly why, but they definitely love like, it's one of those things, as a fan, you never understand the thing when you hear about a fast or a slow deck or it's dewy or similar. But they love that Suncorp is a faster debt because of the conditions there. Like, you know, the, the, the air is drier, but the, the ground is drier as well. Whereas Sydney, you saw on Saturday night, it was a great contrast. The Saturday, game on Saturday was just, it was slower, you know. Played on the same day, probably the same kind of weather. But, uh, but Brisbane, it's a faster deck, and they're just so good there. They blow the doors off almost anybody up there. Like, I mean, their last loss was what they've lost to the Titans up there in that 38, 36 or whatever it was game. But they're just unbeatable almost at that stadium with the pace it has. And you can see their confidence in how they play in that game. And like, as you said, they blew the doors off uh, the Raiders. But after they scored their first try, they had no fear of spreading it again. Like they're spreading from their own end and just scored straight away again. Like that's it. They have no fear at that stadium. They play so quick. And it's like, if you don't turn up yourself at that level, you know, you're going to look like the Raiders in the night. And the Raiders were made to look like, for the first 20 minutes of the game, they look like the 2020 Broncos. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough to hear, but it's true. Like they were just they're, so they they were hopeless. Yeah. So the storm, are t- uh, they are twenty one of twenty five wins there. Twenty five games have had them won twenty one of them. Their last loss was in twenty seventeen against the Titans. That game I mentioned. Then they lost in two thousand and nine, and then they lost two of their first three. So essentially, since right. two thousand and six, they've so, lost that so this- stadium twice. So this decade, they've lost once, and it was in the highest-scoring losing effort in history. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what it takes to beat them there. They're a special side there, and it's, you know, as you said, Penrith are lucky the game's not there with, with coronavirus, and it, certainly for me, it was like, that's why I haven't written Penrith off, off like many people have. Storm at Suncorp were just a different team. They just are. Yeah, um, and... I know last week we said that like basically Jared Kroger could do anything and the Canberra fans would stand by him. And I think that is still probably the case, but um, Dale, he didn't do that, that particular um, narrative, any favors with his defense in the first half, particularly on, on that ridiculous try <laughs> down the right wing. I can't believe how, how bad he was made to look. And I know that like we've spoken about this before about the fact that kind of like he's only what well, like he's he's 30 31 ish he's kind of my age um but like he, he's obviously been a part of the team forever but like 
it was one of the first times in a long time that I've watched Croker play and just been like, maybe the game's gone past him. Um, and it wasn't helped that he had a relatively, well, not relatively, a very inexperienced um, outside back in Valame defending alongside him. But like at the same time, like Croker has like 250 first grade games. He's, he'll be probably the highest point scorer in club history. Like he's a club legend, but like he was made to look like a, a very average, like park footy player that, that try that Zvinovalu scored the one down the right edge where he, he falls for like a dummy grubber. It was, uh, it was dead set. Like, like playing I can't, back rem- I can't remember the last time I saw somebody. Play- yeah. <laughs> Like that was like schoolyard stuff. I've never seen anybody fall for a fake dummy, like a dummy grubber before. Not not at this stage of the season, at least. But yeah, um, he was made to look um, pedestrian. Would be kind, yeah. especially that, especially in the opening kind of quarter quarter hour. The worst part about that start you mentioned there, Dale, that that you know backyard dummy is like the referee incorrectly called last tackle. Or Crocrass, it was just like push him. You don't have to make the tackle or anything. You just got to yeah. push him and it's over. Yeah. Like, because Vinaval is off of the sideline or he's got to throw, touch. or he throws a loose ball back inside or whatever. But for somehow, yeah. he falls for the shithouse dummy to nobody. One of those dummies you'd pull on a toddler. You know, you're like running around the backyard with a young kid and you're a dummy. That's, and Kroger fell for the toddler dummy. And some of those other guys like Valame have an excuse for how poor they played. As I mentioned, he, was, he wasn't supposed to play there this year. He played because of other other guys not being there. But Croker has no excuse to be that poor with the experience he has. He's supposed to be the captain and the leader of that team. And yeah, like I, I think there's like nobody on that Raiders team who can hold their head high after that game other than like Hudson Young. Pretty much it. Yeah, and I, I agree ha- with that. And I hate this thing that's like, I understand the Raiders are a small town team. I understand that. But I hate this thing that, it's just okay for them to be that, to be shit and get knocked out, and they should yeah, be happy agreed. still. And I know the fans are that they can, they're allowed to be happy. And like I said, you can, you can't tell me when I can be mad at my team. I said that the other week. I shouldn't tell Raiders fans when you can be mad, but if my team lost a prelim like that, I'd be goddamn steaming, not pulling, saying I've got pride in the team. There was no pride in that performance. It's embarrassing. It was, it was, it was tough to watch the people that we know, especially go up there and kind of be served that. Yes. Like it was the same kind of thing as like when, when you guys went down for the A-League grand final and Sydney got absolutely <laughs> pants. God, that sucks. Then, I was not proud you, of them that day. Jesus no God. way. Exactly. No way was I proud of that match. Exactly. Like they were a mess. You weren't like, oh, cool. We made the grand final. Then we got beaten really yeah. badly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you touched on something there, mate. It, it's completely. Yeah. yeah obvi- obviously they are a great. Obviously, they are a very community-oriented club, and they and they perhaps do have a sort of different kind of dynamic when it comes to that relationship. They're almost like a, they're almost like a, you know, one of those northern football towns in England where like the 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 the, the Raiders are basically the, the city. They're they're the you really want to say Leeds, don't you? Well, I mean Leeds, Leeds, Newcastle, any any, any of those yeah, types right. of places. Yeah, working but, class, but, not in this case. Yeah. but like working class, one town team. You yeah, know, like it's and that's, so obviously, that's all they have. yeah, and so obviously it is a little bit different to going for a Sydney team or even like the Broncos and stuff. But yeah, you can't just be, you can't be happy with that, especially when you were, you know, a couple of bounces of the ball from winning a premiership last year. You can't then just be satisfied to get absolutely pantsed in the game before the grand final this year. It's not good enough, and I'm kind of worried about them going forward because obviously, I mean, they're losing John Bateman. Although I don't think he was as anywhere near as good this year as he was last year, but. I mean, 
there were so many red flags across that back line. Like basically all of them except for CNK had some bad errors in this game. Kotrich is leaving. And despite despite the sometimes Rock's performances, he's still an excellent player most of the time. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 are you guys worried at all about the Raiders for next year? I know I know that some people just tried to write them off after Hodgson got hurt earlier in this year. And um, but yeah, it, it's it, it, this did highlight a lot of their flaws to me. And I think their forwards might be all right next year, but I, I do worry about the rest of the team. Oh, mate, it's like I don't know if I worry about them for next year, but just the point you made there, like Canberra and not you know Derby County or something. Because it's not the Premier League. It's not they've come up with no resources in a small stadium and competed and done their best. They are on the same footing as everyone else in this competition. That's why I get pissed off at that mentality. When you make those big games with a team that's been good enough for you, who so were in the grand final last year, it's not just oh, I'm happy to be there. At some point, you have to stop and actually want to win the bloody thing. You're allowed to want to win the games, fellas. You don't have to, you don't have to go, I'm happy to be there. And I don't think it's going to wheels are going to fall off because they just haven't. Like I thought they would fall off the last couple of years and they've been pretty good at rotating. And I think the culture has got good there and, and they will be a good team again next year. But like, it makes you think, I do think I worry about, yeah, once of now, as you said, the form of Croker, the form of Rapana, especially he won't play center next year, especially in the centers, losing Kotrich, you do start losing those genuine match winners there. Same with John Bateman, like, yeah, I think, you know, guys like Hudson Young have proven they can play first grade this year. They have uh, Corey Horsburgh to come back. Uh, they have Hodgson to come back. They have um, Ryan James on his way there. Emre Gula to come back. Ryan Sutton to come back. They've got a lot of cattle. They've, got, hot, they've got forwards yeah. out the wise. Yeah, do, I think I'm not, not fussed about there. Like, but yeah. like, I, I do worry about that, as you, that little bit of winning edge, a bit of strike outside that, you know, obviously didn't factor in enough when we went to this game knowing they had a pretty good record against the Storm, but it was highlighted from the get-go in this game that, like, especially when they were down trying to score points and chase, it just was not there. Like, a couple of years ago, I know he's cooked now, but they could just throw it to they lure or a partner and things would happen. And in this game, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have anybody to do that. When White isn't firing, they've got no one who goes throw the ball at and go, mate, just make something happen. Yeah, absolutely. Assessment. And, and, yeah, and and why? Sorry, sorry to jump in there. You go. No, you're right. I, 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 and this, this is like this isn't something particularly insightful because this was kind of the general tone of people that I was speaking to and just like seeing on social media as well. Like, what? Why? Why, why did it take them so long to get Tom Starling involved? Well, they they must not have need, felt that they needed him. Like, I mean, they had, I get, well, they had. <laughs> I mean, they had Havili there. But like they must not have felt that he was like he was fine trottling around and, and he was third choice. Like I mean it kind of makes sense. Havili's a Havili's an international hooker. Yeah. I, I yeah, he is, but like yeah, A, come on. Yeah. And B, like the game they're they're so far behind. The game's crying out for quick points. I don't know. It seemed bizarre that he wasn't on the field for very much of this game. Um Melbourne side of things. Um I mean they basically were in second gear after that first 20 minutes. They didn't really have to do much after that, but I will yeah. say that I thought um, once again, Christian Welch is just surprising me with how good he is. I think his defense and the way he's hitting it, especially his hitting in defense has been fantastic the last few weeks. Um, he's really stepped up as a leader of that forward pack. And yeah, that, that spine is just different this year than it was in previous years when we sort of back them to get the prelims or grand finals, but not be able to go all the way. They, 
they look on another level this year. Um, and this game, especially in those opening exchanges, did nothing to dissuade that. Yeah, I did say like on the way in, we previewed last week, I said this Storm had that feeling of that team, you know, every three or four years actually win the comp. And this felt like everything's hitting at the right point. Like everyone's now fit. They have Jerome Hughes playing well, Pappenhaus and their months are playing well. And they have guys like Welch and Tino all playing well. And, you know, Tino's leaving, Adokar and Vinavalo leaving. Smith might retire. Like it does feel like this is like the perfect time again for them to win the competition. And they are dead set in the, in the exact center of their championship window. They, they are. have to win it. And uh, that Christian Welch mentioned, mate, it's like I've liked Welch for a couple of years, but I didn't know if he wasn't, you know, much better than a Tim Glasby, you know, the last few years. And for him to come back from having a significant injury and play as well as he has done this year, like, I'm, I'm stunned by how good he's been. Like, when he's, the season started and Welch was a 25 to 40-minute player for the Storm, and he's gone in there and stolen minutes from, you know, representative forwards, essentially. Most weeks now he plays 50-plus. He got a little less this week when they're resting him, but he plays 50 to 60 minutes most weeks, and he's taking minutes from, you know, Jesse Bromwich, Tino uh, there, uh, Dale Finucane, taking off... off uh, Sofa Solomon and Brandon Smith, like, you know, he might be their form forward in that team with how well he's hitting in defense. Yeah, I've I, I got no issues with that. Do you think that they are, I mean, their, their forward pack's very interesting in this year. And like it, it, the fact that in previous years, uh, you, you'd look at, you'd look at guys like, especially a Sofa Solomon and Jesse Bromwich as like the guys that they need to lean on in these big games. But I don't feel like they really need to lean on anyone. No. At the moment, I feel like everyone's just doing their job. Yeah, man. It was a I don't feel ago. like anybody's in really like world beating form either. Like, I mean, in the forward line at least. Mm. But like, you just kind of you go like I can imagine Bellamy would just be like, "All right, guys, just kind of go out there and like play well." Like, it's not <laughs> like you're turning up to these blokes and being like, "Oh yeah, you you know Nas or or Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich. Oh, you know, I need a, I need one hundred and twenty percent from you this week." It's just that everybody's playing at like a solid eight out of 10. And because everybody plays at eight out of 10, the average is eight. Like you don't have to have somebody pulling like a 10 out of 10 to carry the shit 10, 15 minute, you know, reserve second roller or whatever. Everybody's just going out there. And in, as you mentioned last week, Bungard, everybody's just doing their job. If you do your job well enough, if you meet your expectations, then nobody has to really exceed. Everybody just meets and they just cruise along. They just look, they look like, I know this is a bit of a cop out, but they look primed just because they are, they're just humming along. They're in, you know, a nice classy tourer, just driving (laughs) along the Autobahn doing a neat, you know, 140, nothing flashy, not too loud, just humming along. They're going to get to their destination. Will they get there? You know, will they win the comp? Maybe. Man, the Raiders look like beat up Trabants this week. Very good East German car reference. But yeah, as I said, they're just... Your own they're references just, on the back. They're just, they're just well, I mean, you and I were, weren't going to get it, so... No. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, as no, I said, like, they're, not, they're, not, they're, not to, they're not having to play out of, sk- out of their skins. They're just, they're just all doing their job and they're playing to the piece that they're set and they're all playing those pieces well. And that's effectively... If, if you do that, those things well, especially in Bellamy's, under Bellamy's coaching, he has the team set to certain specific settings and he plays a certain way. If everybody does their job, then generally speaking, they win on the day. And that's exactly what happened against the Raiders. Everybody just did their job well. You needed a few of those little flashy plays. But other than that, it was just kind of business as usual. Yeah. Um, 
can we agree that um, after Ken, that now the funniest thing possible is that Ken Smith does not retire after being chaired off the field at Suncorp. Yes. I oh like God. That. I love how mad people are about it. Why are you mad? How they chaired him off. Oh, well, people are mad like feelings. Like the whole weird thing. All you having to demand when he like demand to know when he retire is retiring is ridiculous. It's been a tears. It's like, oh, Cam Smith should retire. He needs to give yeah. other people to go. It's like, no. no, that's not how sports work. It's not. But also, he doesn't owe anyone anything. He can retire when he feels like it. Although, I mean, I do feel like it's probably it then if he's getting chaired off the field. Yeah, yeah. It does I mean, feel if, like that. if he if they win next week, if Melbourne win the comp, it's it's a perfect time for him to go. As I said, yeah, but guys... I now because he got cheered off, need yeah. him to stay for another year because it's yeah, funny. I know you need him to be Think like, how, like everything Cam Smith does angers like a subsection of rugby league fans who just blindly hate him. This would like probably put some people in hospital with brain aneurysms. It'd be well, great. Do you? I know that um, we're kind of reaching back into the archives here a little bit, but when uh, when Canterbury won the grand final in 1995, Terry Lamb was going to retire. And yeah. it was meant to go out on top because they lost the grand final the year before to the Raiders. And then they beat yeah. Manly in 95 and he was meant to go out on top. And then instead of going out, he stuck around because of the super league war that and I know that Terry Lamb wasn't shit housing, but like, I mean, he was shit housing later when he got the Bulldogs in trouble with coronavirus, but I digress. Um, <laughs> a camp, a camp Smith shit housing and just, and like announcing that he's, like this might be the last time you see me when he goes up on the dais to collect the trophy and then just like going to preseason training, like nothing happens. Yes. Just massively oh constanzering it and just being yes. like, what do you mean I retired? No, that was all a joke. Was, yes. Was a joke. He needs to just drop some that. like, if, if they win the comp, he needs to drop some like cryptic hints in his acceptance speech and stuff and then just rock up to preseason. Oh God, that'd be great. In like, just like with his bag and be like, hey guys, and what are you doing here? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is... Preseason, crap. Just he just like he just, just pushes here. all of Harry Grant's stuff off the table, tells him to piss off. It'd be great. <laughs> Rips his poster down off the off the change room <laughs> and just like puts it in the in the bathroom. <laughs> There's your change room, you nonce. Go get there. You go. Put your stuff in the shower. Like, you know. Rest. Yeah. All right. Oh, we need this yeah, to happen. But, um, but yeah. on that retirement, though, mate, it's like people have wanted his timing all year. And if he did indeed tell them tell them on you know last week, or it looked like he told them. And then a pre-match we're talking about. That's the way the body language read it was like pre-match. He looked, they looked pretty serious. When he came off the field, he got hugged by like everybody. Everyone was hugging him post-game. It may all just been because it was his last game at Suncorp, but it does feel like if he told the team in the finals, it's just once again, Ken Smith doing something better than anybody else does this shit. Cause like he's pissed everybody else off. The focus isn't on the storm again. It's on Cam's, Cam's retirement himself, but he's also motivated the fellas at the right time. If that's what he's done there. They look like a team you know, finding another gear or purpose to play for, for, for camp. So I yeah. thought, yeah, classic again, he's just done it. Like, cause the whole year retirement tour, I, I don't know why people think that's the coolest thing ever. It. I hate it when J, I hated it when JT did it. Yeah. The whole year. Oh, the, the, um, Not his fault, but yeah. The Derek Jeter one in baseball was so cringy. Like everywhere he went, like the teams gave him like gifts and stuff. It was just, ugh. Hated it. Didn't I, I just don't shit. love retirement tours. And JT is like that too, actually, man. He got, you know, every second game when he was away somewhere, he got like a commemorative jersey and whatever, all those other garbage. Didn't the Titans give him something hilarious? Gave him a surfboard, didn't they? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was great. Um, I do want yeah, to touch uh, back so... on, on the Storm Pack, though. I want to touch yeah. back on yeah, when yeah. Finucane went down. 
I know they wear different jersey numbers that you'll see. They'll name Osova Solomona at lock. But this is what was really good in that second try they scored this week. Was, as you mentioned, Christian Welch's rise again. Is he's become a bit more of a ball distributor in that, in that time. He's gone from a guy who used to pass the ball maybe once a game to, and it's not a lot of big increase, but he's passing the ball five or six times a game now. A couple, he passed the ball 14 times early in the year, actually, which is a lot for a, for a forward in one game. But yeah, like that's the ways he's improved his game. Like his nice wide pass early in that set is what opened up for that, that try when they broke down the left. Because, you know, again, they're expecting Christian Welch, who he is, the tape they've seen, they're expecting Christian Welch to take a hit up when he gets that ball. But he finds that wide pass and, and it opens the whole team up. And that's how this, as you mentioned, Bungard, there's no, look at this team on paper. There's no, um, oh, I'm trying to think of battler. There's not really, still having their battlers that many, but like, you know, I didn't really think Tim Glasley was a, was a superstar. It's a good clubman or like a Rory Cross Jason or a, um, who was that? Ryan Hinchcliffe. There's none of those guys on the bench. Like it's just the same forwards on the bench are good enough to start and vice versa. It's like a, a pack from start to finish that is just like on top of the other team. Yeah, totally. And Great. Yeah, there's not, um, and I know obviously that third try was somewhat down to luck as was their fourth try, but the first two were all skill and sometimes you need a bit of luck as well. So yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, speaking of, speaking of a bit of luck, uh, tough look for team just ground the ball or just put it dead, uh, with the, uh, Chotrich issue, uh, no, great, great look for team just ground the ball. What are you I talking mean, about? No, I mean, because he was trying to bat it dead, but the issue was that, like, uh, like he wasn't able, he wouldn't have been able to grab it and put it on the ground because obviously it was too high. Um, but, yeah, as, as I said, not Justin Olam supermanning to steal that ball while uh, Nick Chokchuk is, mm-hmm. like, looking up into the Suncorp lights like a, mo- a lost Bogong moth. Uh, very, very tough look for my guy. Okay. I've got, by the way, I pulled up the prelim final team from the Storm last year. Because obviously, in our head, we think it's the same team with a little bit of polish. But now you look back, you're like, Jesus, this team has improved in a year. Because last year, Will Chambers played on the wing in the prelim with Scott, Curtis Scott in the centers. But the bench was, yeah, Tui Kamakamitha, Max King, Brandon Smith, and Sandor Earl. Yeah. I think the bench has improved a bit this year, and Chris Mulch obviously out of that game. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. But yeah, Man, team... Will Chambers, remember him? Yeah, and that um, yeah, no, we forgot about him so quick with one angry man from PNG. We forgot about Will Chambers. Uh, that that uh, Cot- Cottridge game though, this was the first time I've seen the Raiders fans going like, "Yep, yeah. yeah, you can go to the Bulldogs." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> You could go there, like as you as you mentioned earlier, like he might be a rocks player, and this was, yeah, this was this was really rocks. It was. He still scored two tries somehow, but like getting, he just has no right to get stopped by Ken Smith in that position. And like I know everybody is sick of hearing how good Ken Smith is, but it's unbelievable that he was the marker on that play. He was at marker like sixty meters upfield or whatever it was to get down and make that tackle. Like most people at marker stand still. You know, like on last tackle. And if you watch the Raiders try, they can see the the third one, I believe. Yeah, that it is the third one. Most of the Raiders are standing still in field. You know, but guys like Ken Smith, even at 37 years old, oldest man alive, somehow still not the slowest man on the field, is still making those effort plays. Like people will never people will never so appreciate funny. it. And they never will if you don't by now. But yeah, those are the things that make him the greatest of all time. Like it's he's never been the most impressive player on the field by yeah. his own his own abilities, you know. And like I 
And speaking of them, like them not being appreciated, I do love that we've already seen some small brain takes from people who've clearly not watched footy this year, talking about how it's going to be like this free-scoring Penrith team against this grind-em-out Storm team. The Storm have scored more points than Penrith this year. I mean, we, we attack that narrative so often on this podcast, but it's still there. It's just the same thing. Like, South didn't score points on Saturday night, but you know, like, if they kick a penalty goal, it'll be, oh, Bennett ball. It's like, oh, yeah, the team that scored 60 a few weeks ago, just a real grinding team at South as well, huh? Yeah. Like, Storm have been a grind team for ages. They're really entertaining. You couldn't grind with it with Adokar and Vernavalo on the wings anyway if you wanted to. Guys like that, like. But uh, Pappenhausen at fullback, real grinders, that whole team. But yeah, I saw that. And they've scored the most points in the comp this year. And they're always up there in points scored now. But still, they're just going to grind out a win, you know, next week. Really slow the game down on, on Penrith, mate. Yep. All right. Um, before we get out of here, um, we're, we, we would be amiss if we didn't mention this today, given that it is that it is happening basically as we speak. But... Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we were, we were going to record too early for the Daily M's uh, to be appointed discussion tonight, but the Daily Telegraph was nice enough to just accidentally publish the results. So we can bow, talk about bow, it. Bow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at about, like, what, 7 o'clock, um, stories went live on their website just with, like, the full tally and Jack Whiten's won the Daily M. It's I mean, not the best player. It's the best he's player. Not. He's not. He's mate. not. Agreed. And this is a great. I mean, this kind of sums up everything that we've always talked about and the problems with this award being treated like this. Is like, yeah, he was great for like four weeks at the end of the season, but like, and that's that's why he won the award in the end. And you look at the leaderboard; he got the maximum points in like the last four weeks of the how many, season. And how many points basically... did he end up with? Twenty six. Yeah, um, 20, and he got thirteen in the last five games. Yeah. See, look, that's not ideal. In your season-long voting uh, voting contest, that five weeks wins you an award. But look, well, I mean, it, it kind of worked out because Cleary should have been ineligible anyway. Um, let him back in. That's what I find funny. That's one part redeeming is that is the redeeming fe- feature, as you say. That yeah. is the best. That is the best part. Yeah. Also being also being a Raiders player, like, I mean, we we've talked about forever about how playing for the Raiders means that you don't win like rep jerseys, and now they've got like a Dali and winner like even though yeah. potentially shouldn't be there but yeah as you say but is that well, i feel like almost by the way it kind of also shows that being a raiders player if you are a rep one they recognize you, <laughs> they exactly. give you yeah. votes. they're like oh there there's there's their rep player three votes but it's like okay, yeah who's that guy that's happened. their rep player that guy four and, votes and yet we're seeing the tweets by the way people saying it's not that bad a winner yes it is no one is saying jack wyden is a bad player but Jack Whiten was not the best player this year, which is supposed to find that award. He is not the best player this year, and he won the award. And like, as you said, Bungard, it's the votes he got. So he got 26 votes to win, and he got votes in what? He got one vote in round nine, one vote in round 14, but his three votes are the ones that he won it on. No two voters, but he got three votes in round one, three in round five, three in round 10, three in round 11. But then from 15 to 19, he got three every week there. It's just like when Mitch Pierce was the leader a couple of years ago when he had those five good games in a row. It's like Jack Whiten has some games you'd take points off him if he could. And he won the thing. Yep. 
And there's no. I I, what were their? Uh, what was their? What What were the rounds again? Just Just for the record, it was the first. So first... Four, he got one point in fourteen, and then fifteen, six. Or is like, or is it? Yeah. From so one point fourteen, then three points from fifteen and nineteen. So he got three points against the Titans. What were yeah. the other? What were the other games? The round he five. Got, so he got. So he got three points against the Titans. He scored two tries in that game. Yep, fair enough. Three against the Bulldogs. He scored two tries in that game. Yep. Three against the Roosters in that game where he made four mistakes, didn't score a point, didn't log an assist or a line break or anything. Yep. But they, yeah, he, anyway, uh, three against the Dragons, scored mm-hmm. a double. None in, against the Warriors. And then early in the year, his, uh, his, his other three votes is round one where he did score three tries as well. Yep. And uh, round five, what are you doing round five and ten? Anyway, like, obviously it's all done on paper anyway, but it just, he yeah. was not the best player this year. Like, if you he probably maybe he'll place in our MVP vote top ten, you know it's like maybe he'll yeah. place, but he won the damn Dally M. Yeah, people are too willing to just because they like Jack White and or whatever, like just overlook that this is a mistake. And yeah, he's a great player, but if you found me a single person who before this list was published today said that they thought Jack White was the best player in the NRL this year, I'd be stunned. You, they'd be wrong. Um, can we, yeah. can we, I know that we've highlighted the bad news out of these awards. Can we highlight the good news as well? Speaking wait, of the Raiders. Wait, wait. Did he get, oh no, he didn't get points in round 17. I got that wrong. What's Thank the, God. what's the good news though? Cause Josh round Papali, 17, they lost. Tackle of the year. Any argument? <laughs> I love it. Uh, big man season. May it never end. May the big man reign forever. That is what now, I say. Now here's another one that's wrong. Okay. Like. Tohu Harris got second role of the year. Now, he's one of the two second roles of the year. I thought Tohu Harris was fantastic this year. Did he play that much on the edge? Mm. He played the middle most of the year. I mean, was he listed on the edge in a no, majority not really, of games? Not, not, not that long, no. Like, he was yeah. on the edge quite a bit, but like... So, if you list a guy at, at 12 and playing fullback the entire year, you can win it. You, be in the, you can be back row of the year, can you? Yes. It's how it works in Supercoach. I mean, there's just this system we know has issues and always had, but we've just got the one, like the one great example. Okay, he did get named second row most of the year, by the way, but yeah, we've got the one great example of like, this is why it sucks because the guy who is probably the antithesis of three points or no points won the damn thing. (laughs) Sorry, not the the definition of it. So anyway, yeah, the props of the Um, year, Papali and Fisher-Harris, good. No objection. Um, they haven't no leaked, objection here. Haven't, they haven't leaked the rest of it yet, so we can't talk about it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, um, they announced that Adam Reynolds was the top point scorer. Didn't see it coming. Go. So. Oh, who who got top try scorer? Uh, Alex a... Johnson again. Another a, do, they a, do they have a medal for that? Yeah, the, the, it, the, I think they should name it after Ken Irvine. It shouldn't just be called uh, the top try scorer. Medal. He's very good. He was a very good try scorer. He did score a lot of tries. Dale, he was famously. the top. Um, RTS also captain of the year, as we that's, expected. That's, did a great, yeah, did a great job. No, I did like no his video off. message, which did look a bit like a hostage video. Yeah. But that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, and it's just going to be funny going back through the, the record books and you'll see in the, the Dallium medal winners, you'll see, you know, 2014 is like, sorry, 13 is like Kronk, 14's Hayne Thurston, 15's Thurston, 16's Kronk Tamalolo, 17's Cam Smith, 18's Tilbasha Shek, 19's Tedesco. And you're like, look at all those guys. Glittering careers, playing for their country forever, you know, premierships, and, uh, multiple premierships, or one for Tamalolo, one Thurston, multiple, Hayne number. Well, anyway, glittering long rep careers. And then, oh, yeah, Jack Whiten for that five weeks. 
I mean, some of them have some of them have glittering rep careers, and others others have glittering rap sheets. Yeah. So good like, for them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, as you say, yeah. like it, he's not he's not making an immortals list anytime soon. He's not. No, probably not. Um, yeah. But before we get out of here, though, um, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our uh, top two tiers of Patreon subscribers. Um, and if you do want to support us, head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies, especially this week of all weeks. We're going all out for you. We're giving you so many podcasts, so many. And again, we might have a little bonus one on Grand Final Day, but only if you subscribe. So uh, thank you very much to Bert Andrews, Carlo Tyson, Chris Avnell, Dan Cullinane, Dave, Frankie, Harvey G, uh, Simo Alley, Jace G, Jason, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, uh, Never Trendy, Roxanne Clark, Ty, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Warwick Ahern, and Wayne Ritchie. Uh, your continued support is very much appreciated, and we love you all very dearly, as well as the rest of you who support us on those lower Patreon tiers as well. You can still get your votes in for the last segment of our MVP voting, which we will be doing a the good one. show on next week, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I have yeah. got a question for you two before we both go. We did forget to cover this, but do you give a shit about Ricky not going to the press conference? Well, sorry, I don't. It's storming out of the press conference. So my, so someone, I saw someone write, I don't know why losing coaches even do press conferences, which is, is a reasonably fair point, especially in a sport where no one asks insightful questions at press yeah. conferences ever. But also the counterpoint to that is if the losing coaches never went to press conferences, we wouldn't have that Jeff Tuvey soundbite of him asking for an investigation. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, that's redeemed itself. That's answered its own question. Yeah. Uh, did we find out how many men were hurting in there? None. I think we it was didn't 17. Know. Uh, well, no I mean, what's the point? What's the point in going? Um, I don't know. Like, y- yes, you should. I mean, yeah, I, I think you should probably front up and just mm-hmm. get through 10 minutes of like inane questions like, oh, Ricky, what went wrong tonight? And then just fucking. We didn't score as many points leave. as the opposition. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You can even just go full like Belichick, Greg Popovich style and just yeah. fucking flat bat all the shit questions. But um, yeah, you got you, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't, I'm not angry about it, no, but neither. it is. A, it, 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 and, and I do worry about this a little bit, though. Like, And this isn't you, Mitchell. This is just in general. Like, We've got to a point now in discourse, like in, in sport, where like, anytime you take an issue with anyone doing anything wrong, the, the, the defensive opinion from people who think that person's done nothing wrong is to assume that everyone everyone's outraged and they're, yeah, and they're furious. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not outraged or furious that Ricky didn't front up to press conference, but I do think it's probably poor form that he didn't. That's yeah, what I, I agree I, with. That. I agree. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a bit soft, and like the fact, like you know, his his boys got out there and got pounded for eighty minutes, and they had to deal with that, and he doesn't come in and front up for. You his need medicine. to come in here and get pounded for eighty minutes. But uh, I but also think part of the problem there too, Bungard is like the questions are never good. Like I wanted to know, I wanted him to tell me why he did not put Tom Starling on earlier. I want the reasoning. And, and, I, and that's and that's the whole thing about these things is like they wouldn't have asked it. Spit, it. It's like who's going to ask that question? No one, because they've got to keep him in the good books. Yeah, not even I that, mate. Know like, how that goes? They're not even that. Half the time they just ask about still like they ask about play rumor, mate. That's the worst thing. They probably would have asked about John Bateman's last game, uh, you know, next year, whatever. Not not talk much about the actual game they played. That's why the press mm. conferences suck half the time. Like, agreed. It's like how uh, you know I know Robbo's a bit of a child. Robinson, Robinson when, he, when he loses the game, but how he was bitching about like his own press conference is all about Wayne Bennett the other other week. It's like, yeah, that's shit. <laughs> like, but at least it's at least it's copy. 
Yeah, but it's like that's all this, they're, they're that's all they're there for. They're like they're there, they're there for copy. Yeah, and like and obviously, Jodos are going to be pissed off. But like, yeah, just get up. You know, you got to do the job. The players, the players getting beat by sixty points don't want to get out there. I'm sure as hell the Roosters didn't want to be out there for for forty minutes when they were getting the absolute slacks beaten off them the other week. But like, they've still turned up. You've got to go out and do the same. Yeah. No, that's yeah, you know, and I, they wouldn't even ask that question. But that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to front up and answer those kind of things and what he yeah. thought went wrong. And, like why? Like what do you think? What happened in the first ten minutes? Why? Why did the boys turn up asleep? And like, right. if I didn't, and I'm obviously not. It's obviously not the same level as like the coach of an old team. But if I just said to you guys, I'm not doing the podcast this week. South lost. I got the shits. The fair, like people who listen to this would rightfully call me like a sook and a baby. And and this is like they'd ten levels above. You, that. They'd be the least of your worries. Well, yeah, well, obviously you guys as well, but like, and, but you know, and th- this is a, this is a fan podcast for, like, for a, a comparatively small amount of people to the number of uh, people who would either firsthand or secondhand be absorbing a Ricky Stewart press conference. So yeah, I don't know. You can't just, you, you got to turn up, I think. But I, I, again, I don't, I'm not angry. I just think it's poor form. Yeah. That's hundred percent it, mate. Like you said, like, we're not like we're fronting up to a podcast, but it's true. There's weeks sometimes you're like, God, I don't want to talk about that game. And we're still here. You know, like, I know it's not the same as Ricky's thing, but that's it, mate. Turn up, answer the questions, go home. Exactly. But, uh, anyway, yeah. That's, I just want to ask right. you guys thought. Sweet. Speaking of going home, uh, that's what we can do now, all virtually. We're already at our respective homes. But nevertheless, um, yeah, we'll be back again in 24 hours for the uh, second of our week of podcasts. Um, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Ta-ta. And it's goodbye from me.